Edentialism 2023 is the first international conference gathering world-leading researchers and professionals in all treatment options for edentialist patients. Let's discover together the speakers and partners who will share their expertise in the Canary Islands, Spain, between the 4th and 6th of May 2023. Good morning. My name is Eduardo Nikolevsky. I'm an oral and maxillofacial surgeon in Miami, Florida. I'm really excited about the edentulism meeting that we're going to be having in the Canary Islands. David, thank you for having invited me for the event. Uh, I'm honored to share the podium with all the different people from all around the, the world. Uh, I'm humbled and, and thank you again. Uh, my topic for the symposium will be based on the terminal dentition, the point of no return. And I had to put together a lecture for that. I mean, I've given lectures on, on full arches, on zygomas, on pterygoids, on immediate loading, but I never really went into the specifics on the philosophy and the topics. When do you determine that somebody is a dental cripple and you have to move into the next step? Uh, I look back at 27 years of cases and I was just thinking about them. Did I make the right choice or not? And I went and I did a full search on on scientific evidence based on what's a dead terminal dentition. It's, it's very interesting. I've learned a lot. I've learned that as a profession, we've created a deformity and we're liable for having done that. Dentistry has offered for many, many years different restorative and endodontic alternatives and periodontal alternatives as well to save teeth. And I believe that in the beginning of the year 2000, a tendency in dentistry, at least where I practice in the United States, it came about taking out teeth and doing full arches. The all on four concept came about. Uh, and we're, we're seeing a lot of the complications now. I think zygoma or zygomatic implants and the Zaga uh, concept came as a necessity to restore with an adequate philosophy and treatment modality those patients on the deformity that we've created by taking those teeth out at an early age. Uh, I'm going to be showing the full spectrum of cases and the way you can go one way or the other one. I'll be comparing the teeth as an organ with the remaining organs in the human body. I look at how do they determine in medicine when is the lung terminal, when is the liver terminal, or when is the heart terminal. And we don't have guidelines like that. We just do not. Can we delay an extraction on a patient for some years before jumping a patient over to a full arch implant supported case? So I think it's going to be very interesting and it's going to be putting everything into context with the other speakers that are going to be bringing into the table the different techniques and the different deformities. Can you give us um, insights into the, the definition of terminal dentition? Because we know teeth don't regenerate. Uh, soft tissue may regenerate partially at least. Uh, what would be... Um, a little hint on, on your presentation. What sure. do you see as terminal dentition? I came into the conclusion that the terminal dentition 
it's not it's not only an isolated complex it's a global diagnosis uh, there's certainty that in certain instances you would be saving on certain patients under certain conditions but whenever you come into analyzing the case you determine that the teeth need to be extracted. That does not mean they're terminal teeth. That means that we sometimes perform extractions on teeth in order to make our treatment and our goal better based on the health of the patient, on the age of the patient, on the general condition, on the periodontal condition, on the soft tissue, like you're saying, on an active infection. Uh, the systemic aspect is fundamental here. I'm going to be going over where some teeth that I determined that they were terminal in specific patients with medical conditions, we determined that they were terminal teeth in that specific patient. But if we would have isolated that same condition into a healthy patient without any infection or airway involvement, I would have referred the patient to an endodontist and the patient would have gotten a crown on that specific tooth. Um, in medicine, they're very specific, and they say when the cardiac function gets to these parameters, we consider the heart as complete heart failure and the patient needs a transplant. I try to look for that specific, specific definition in dentistry, and I just couldn't find it. I could not find something so determined like that. So I came up with some bullet points and some algorithms on how I do it, but it's a very specific condition on every single case. When we talk about terminal dentition, we talk about teeth, obviously, but do we also consider dental implants in these dentition? When you have, say, one or two um, single implants there, do you also take them into account in the algorithm? Is it something, you know, if, uh, say, the lower jaw is terminal dentition, you may have one or two implants over there. How do they enter into this equation? Sure. You've got to consider many factors as well. In many instances, which I'm going to be demonstrating cases, I preserve those implants initial for stability. I mean, we're going to get initial stability and maybe we're going to either submerge or even explant that specific implant in the future. That you've got to consider the implants as part of the comprehensive treatment plan on the patient. The other thing that I want to emphasize on is there's got to be a pyramid. There's got to be a way, a thought process whenever you do invasiveness on a case. You cannot just jump patients into zygomatic implants as a first step. In my opinion, the, the zygomatic concept should be applied whenever all the conventional surgical techniques, techniques cannot be applied on a patient. Now, that doesn't mean you condemn a patient to a complete zygomatic implant case. You don't have to do a quad zygon patient. You can just uh, incorporate the zygomas maybe on one side, one zygoma. Maybe you do some bone grafting. Maybe you can incorporate some, some implants. And I'm going to show cases like that as well. But David, to give you an absolute definition of what's the terminal condition, what's the point of no return, there's a very thin line on that. And we as a profession, I think we've been too aggressive in some instances and created a, a dentofacial, a maxillofacial deformity. I understand the, the following the pyramid of treatments uh, from 
I would say, simpler treatments. It's not necessarily correct to more advanced complex treatments like zygomatic implants, for instance, is the way to go. And, and I understand that sometimes we can see um, some layers of the pyramid being skipped to go straight for a, to a quad zygoma or to a telegoid plus zygoma and anterior or some treatments that are too advanced for that patient. And maybe we could have solved it with um, maybe periodontics plus a few implants and something a bit more conservative. So wh where do you think that comes from? I mean, there, there are several factors here, David. I mean, there's a tendency in dentistry where we want to do what we read. I mean, we read about a new technique and as a profession, we want to just jump into it. And there is another consideration here that led the profession into zygomatic implants. In the early 2000s, uh, scientific papers came out on how to do the all-on-four concept by creating restorative space, by mobilizing the transition line between an F3, F3 prosthesis and the labial exposure. So what was happening? Teeth were being taken out, significant amounts of bone were removed, and implants were placed. But that was 23 years ago. Well, those cases eventually, some of them are failing. So we created a bony deficiency that the patient did not have. You know, it just brings a, a very huge concern in the profession when I see in social media, people being proud of getting a reciprocating saw and cutting off a full arch of teeth with seven, eight millimeters of bone. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe that was the tendency 23 years ago, but it's not now. When I do my full arches, including zygomas nowadays, when possible, I try to emerge my prosthesis from the gingival contours. I do an F FP1 prosthesis. And one of the reasons, well, it's, it's better for the patient. The aesthetic is better. The function is better. Hygiene is easier. And on top of that, I want to preserve as much bone as possible for many reasons. I want to get better primary stability on my implants. I want to have a greater bone to implant contact. And I want to have longevity on my cases. I'm, I'm putting in implants. I didn't even have enough 18 and 15 millimeters implants in my stock consignments of implants. And now they're very routine in my practice. I very rarely eliminate bone now. If I already have a deformity where the bone is gone, where we have an ablative surgery, where we have bony deficiencies, then we'll go for an FP2, FP3, and we have no choice. And so that sounds like we're understanding the impact of all on four procedures in 2000 in the beginning of, of full arch rehabilitation. A lot yeah. of research has been done. I think it's about 25 years now. Yeah. And, um, and understanding that uh, the more conservative, the better, because if we're talking about zygomatic implants, for instance, as, as the last resort solution, it's a solution for the severe lack of bone. So let's let's preserve that bone as long as we can for every patient and, and make them go through the journey of one treatment after the other instead of jumping straight to the tip of the pyramid. Now, that being said, David, I, I'm convinced that whenever I started to think about the zygomatic complex, I was thinking about the malar bone, about the zygoma first. And now I also put a lot of emphasis into the maxillary position of my implant. 
I do all my cases that are digitally planned, and I'm going to show navigation cases too. I do dynamic navigation with my zygomas. This is how I do it. And one of the considerations that I, I really look into is the stability of the maxillary portion of the rich portion where the, where the actual connection to the prosthesis is going to be. And one of the ways that I can check that, I also acquire my digital impression of, of the actual implant position with PIC, with photometry. Whenever there is slight mobility on the distal portion of the implant, it's detected by the photometry. And I was, I was getting cases where I was not able to capture my implants. And that was the reason. You need to have full contact with that maxillary bone. You need to have full stability on the proximal end and on the distal end of your implant. Now, that being said, in some instances, you won't be able to do a tunnel and you're going to have to go for a channel technique. But even though you do a channel technique, you need to have adequate contact there. And the rotational component of your implants got to be determined pre-op. You've got to see how the emergence profile of that implant is going to be. Plus, you will reduce the risk of soft tissue complications doing this. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right, so I'm looking forward to your session in, in Eventualism 2023. We learn about um, the bullet points list to define terminal dentition algorithm to say, understand when uh, we can classify this dentition, this patient as terminal, and then move into full large um, pedigree implants, maybe zygomatic implants if there's a, a huge lack of bone or a severe maxillary atrophy in that case. And um, and I expect to meet you again at uh, the conference in May 2023. So sure. the location is amazing. You know that already. And uh, the lineup of speaker is just uh, outstanding. We'll be learning about all the treatment options that you mentioned now for the dentalist patient. And uh, let's hope that after your session, these treatments will take place only when the dentition is defined as terminal. Thank you, David. Looking forward to see you all there. Thank you, Dr. Nikolaevsky, and uh, see you very soon in two months from now, two months and a half. Edentialism 2023 is the first international conference gathering world-leading researchers and professionals in all treatment options for edentialist patients.